0: To discover just how wrong you really were, I see wives hitting their husbands on the shoulders. I mean, I'm a preacher of the truth, I should never get it wrong, right? Recently, I got in an argument as to whether the angels fell prostrate or fell prostate. Have you ever thought you were in control of a situation only to discover just how out of control things really were? Try remodeling a room. (laughs) Expecting someone to show up to do some work. Life gets really out of control. I mean, Caesar Augustus, in the Christmas story that was just read, really thought he was in control. In verse 1, he issues a decree. By verse 3... Everybody's moving. And by verse 4, that included Joseph and Mary. It would kind of give the impression that the person in charge that day, the person who has it right and the person who's in control is Caesar. He utters a word and things began to happen. But to think Caesar was the one calling the shots that night, would be wrong. It would be to miss it. Ultimately, the one who's changing the world in the Christmas story is God himself. But you know what? There are a whole bunch of contemporary Caesars living in our world today. Men and women in positions of power and prestige and authority who seem to think that the sun rises and sets on their every whim. Tide goes in and out at their beckoning call. But let's get really honest now. It's very easy for each of us to become a Caesar unto ourselves. <laughs> you don't have to live in the White House. doesn't matter if your title says chief executive officer doesn't matter if you dig your heels in and say, I'm the master of my faith, the captain of my soul. It just doesn't matter to all us Caesars out there. God wants us to know, you're not the one in charge. Human claims, human demands really never changed anything in a truly significant way. But God's love demonstrated through Christ of Christmas really makes the difference really changes things and so as i studied the text that was just read to you from luke chapter 2 i saw three things there i saw a power shift i saw a purpose shift and then i saw a point worth pondering let's just take a few minutes and look at these together first a power shift love changing the world caesar speaks and people begin to jump into action One of those was Joseph. By an apparent whim of his ruler, he's suddenly forced to travel a great distance with a very pregnant fiance. And, And who could blame him? I mean, everybody's jumping. They knew the consequences of disobeying such a ruler. They couldn't do that. The decree would have read something like this, glory to Caesar in the highest and peace to those on whom his favor rests, but trouble to those It doesn't. That's not the way the historical record reflects it. It's not what we saw here. Caesar thought he was the one who had it so right. Caesar thought he was the one who was so in control, but how's it read? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. (laughs) Check it out. That's the way it's there. Ultimately, it has nothing to do with Caesar because the real king in this story is a tiny baby born in a barn, placed in a manger in a very specific place that God just happened to name 700 years previous, a very obscure little town called bethlehem caesar he thought he was wilding his power that that night but the real display of power was being shown to common shepherds who were out late tending to their sheep so while caesar's raising his staff over his mighty roman empire god is overshadowing him with true power power that would spread across the universe and into eternity So to all of us 21st centuries who think we've got it figured out, who think we're the ones in control, we need to hear God overpowers it all. He's the one in control. And that's truly a good thing. The question is, are we fighting him or are we following him? Because ultimately, each of our little insignificant kingdoms come come crumbling down. Only he can offer that which will last. And it begins with his love demonstrated by the gift of his son that we see in this Christmas story that results in freedom from the clutches of sin and death and the way it messes life up. And then by experiencing him launches us into life as he intended it. It's a power shift. God's love is what's changing the world and it's happening this night in a very significant and lasting way. He does it one life at a time as each of us puts our trust in him. How do I know this? Well, consider this. As powerful as Caesar was, it's Mary, this powerless young woman forced on a difficult pilgrimage carrying the Messiah in her womb who wins the lead role in the story. And today, people everywhere name their daughters Mary and their dogs Caesar. It's a power shift. It's love changing the world as we allow Jesus to have his proper place in our lives. But it's also a a purpose shift that's changing the world. Caesar thought that he had the ultimate purpose. I mean, look at it. I mean, surely he's doing that which will last at least for a while. His empire is is growing. He needed to count his people because it was his privilege to to draw more taxes from them. No doubt the people who worked for him were very proud as well. What a great role they had. They're building a mighty empire. They're conquering the world. But they're not the ones highlighted in Luke chapter 2. Again, it takes us right back to the insignificant shepherds. And after meeting Jesus firsthand, Luke tells us they returned. What did they return to? They returned to their menial jobs to the day-by-day humdrum, tending sheep. But hear this now. After meeting Jesus, their work will no longer define them. They suddenly have a greater purpose. Now they would become instruments of God's glory. It says they return glorifying and praising God. Their greater purpose is now they're representing the only kingdom that really matters because of what Jesus Christ did For them and through their story as they tell it to others, others' lives being changed as well. Have you met Jesus? Have you had an encounter with Jesus? Many in this room would love to tell you their story of how Jesus changed their lives because once Jesus is in your life, suddenly it's no longer your job that defines you. It's Jesus Christ who defines you. C.S. Lewis once said this, he said, he's talking about humility, and he said, the the Christian life is to play great parts without pride and small parts without shame. Do you sometimes feel like a a shepherd just going through the, the menial duties of life every day? Nothing that really matters with great significance? Well, when you meet your Creator God, suddenly... That all changes because you discover what it is you were made for. That through this Christ child, God's greatest demonstration of His love, that God begins to empower those who are trusting Him, first of all, to know what it is to love God. Then secondly, to know what it is to love His people, the church. And then third, what it is to love those who are doing life far from God and are living without hope and purpose. Caesar isn't the one who's changing the world in the Christmas story. It's the love of God demonstrated through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ, that's making the real difference. How do I know this? Well, consider this. In those days, Caesar was making a decree in order that he might be able to take more from the people. But at the same time, God is making a decree in order that he might give his best to those same people. The ultimate, his own son, Jesus Christ. It's a purpose shift. It's love changing the world. And then it's a point to ponder in this love changing the world. Caesar pondered what he must do to advance and protect The Roman Empire, that's just the way it has to work. I mean, in order to protect, you've got to be advancing. So he issues a decree. Everyone must return to his own hometown to be counted for the purpose of taxation, but also for intimidation, because if he could let his numbers be known, then the other nations of the world will understand what they're up against if they should face Rome. But here's the truth. Caesar was already defeated. And if you don't believe it, go back to chapter one tonight and read Mary's song proclaiming who her son would be. Because right in that song, she prophesies that the arrogant would be brought down. Have you been to Rome? Have you seen the ruins? I have, I've walked through them and they are there as a statement to anyone who will see it that pride and self-centered purpose always comes crumbling down. It gives way to the powerless. It gives way to the lowly. It's not Caesar who's making the decisions that really matter. It's Mary, perhaps the most Powerless person of the story, reflecting and celebrating all that she has seen, what it means, and she's treasuring it in her heart. But then, get this, here we are, Christmas 2016, pondering together, reflecting together the story of Christmas. A baby born in a manger, Jesus, Jesus making a great difference still today. So for all the disappointed and disillusioned people of the world, please know Jesus' hope. For all the lonely and abandoned people of the world, please hear it. Jesus is the way into God's family, the family that really matters. For all the broken people of the world, Jesus is the fullness of life. Jesus is the fullness of healing. For all of us who somehow are missing it over and over again and looking for answers, Jesus is truth. And for all of us little Caesars, isn't it a great relief to know we're not the ones in control and that we no longer have to precariously balance our little kingdoms on our shoulders. It's a point to ponder the love of God demonstrated through the birth of Jesus that's changing the world. How do I know? Well, consider this. While Caesar was pondering the vastness of his empire to measure how significant it really was, he failed to see the one thing really worth pondering. He failed to see a tiny baby born in a barn who was vastly more powerful than he. Jesus, a point to ponder Christmas, the love of God changing the world. So to all the Caesars out there, hear God say, consider my son. Consider what he means. Consider what he's done for you considering we're going your own independent independent way has gotten you, and hear the Father say, to all who will come, come. Come home. It's a turning around. It's a surrender. And trust me, you don't want to be wrong on this one. Take a moment and consider this truth. This Christmas, this Christmas. Are you ready for a power shift in your life? Are you ready for a purpose shift in your life? Hear the Spirit drawing you. See your need of a Savior and come to Jesus. God's not so concerned about the words you say as he is about the attitude of your heart. And it's as simple as saying, Oh, Jesus, I need you. I need you. Thank you for coming for the purpose of dying for my sins. I recognize I've been going my own independent way, but tonight on this Christmas, 2016, I'm turning around and I'm coming home. I want you to be the one in charge of my life. I give you my life, Lord. Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for your promise to come into my life if I would come to that place of turning. And I come in Jesus' name, amen.